Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are a regular listener of One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. If you are new, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited that you decided to take a stop by and listen to check our, my podcast out to see what it's all about. The way that this podcast usually works is that I share a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago when I was in the thick of the struggle, and I reflect on what I know now as a certified life coach and what I wish I knew then. But today, we have a guest with us, so you do not have to listen to me blab away alone. I have Teresa with us, and she is a mom to five kiddos, and she has her own fashion line of kids clothing. And um, I'm so excited to chat with her and hear about her journey because I said before we hit the record button, I can't imagine having five kids and running a business because having two kids and running a business can feel like a challenge. And mine are almost 13 and 10. And I know her kiddos are much younger than mine. So um, Teresa, tell us anything that I did not include in your bio. Yes, I am a mom to five kids. My new brand, West Rock Apparel Co., is going to launch this fall. It's um, babies and toddlers to start, and then we'll grow by size range per collection. Um, starting small, starting manageable, because fitting in work in between, well, it's summer, so camp drop off, you know, swimming, beach days, vacation, um, just fitting it all in when I can. So, yes. yeah, um, and just looking forward to getting this collection out into the world and on other people's kids instead of my poor 17-month-old daughter. I'm trying to dress her in winter and fall clothes in the middle of a heat wave. <laughs> yeah, she's like, make it, stop. make it stop, mom. <laughs> well, I, I find it fascinating and I'm super excited. I can't wait for your line to launch um, because while I'm not having any more children, I do have a girlfriend who has an 18 month old and she has plans to have more kids. So I'm like, thank goodness, cute baby clothes that I can dress on someone else's child. Um, so now I'm at the point in life where I live vicariously through other people's babies. And I'm just like, I can't get enough. I'm like, oh, babies, babies. Um, so my cousin is getting married. So hopefully she'll have some children that I can dress. So, so I'm super excited to, to see the line when it launches. Um, but what I found fascinating is that you didn't always start off in kids clothing, designing kids clothing. You designed um, bridal wear. I did. Very non-traditional bridal and bridesmaids usually skirts and tops, separates things, you know, people always say like, Oh, look at this bridesmaid's dress. You can wear it again. And we all know that's not the case. No, I said the same thing at my, for my wedding, which was 14 years ago. And I think those girls did not, they never wore that dress again, not even in a million years did they ever wear that dress again. So I love that you were creating clothing that could actually be worn again. Um, instead of just having the dress sit in the closet or go to Goodwill. Exactly. And so that was kind of my goal for the kids clothes too, is to make things that are high quality made of um, sustainable organic materials that are going to stand the test of kid life and be able to be passed down to siblings, cousins, neighbors, friends, to just get a lot of wear out of them instead of 
um, you know, wear it a couple times and there's holes in the knees. I mean, my kids, that is the first thing that goes on clothes. You know, we have all of sweatshirts and t-shirts and all like the tops to hand down. And then I'm like, well, where's the pants? You know, there's yeah. no pants. <laughs> yes, it was the same. My girls and my girls weren't really rough and tumble girls, but littles when they're, you know, crawling and scooting around the knees take the brunt of the wear and tear. And so it was the same thing. And I struggled with finding pants to fit my girls, even as babies like leggings, the tops would fit. But for some reason, they would always make the waistband so wide on these clothing items. And so they would just fall right off. So it got to the point where I was just find, like trying to find one piece outfits to dress them in, which then was a pain because you had to snap all mm -hmm. the snaps in the legs to change them. And, so, and I was always like, Oh, I'm off on the snaps, whatever. You're going to wear it with the snaps mismatched because I'm not undoing all of these snaps to try and get it back together with you squirming all over. No, they have no patience to lay down and do the 30 snaps and then the snaps up the front. And yes. So, and then I'm always like, who's designing this? Like, do you have kids and toddlers? No, no, they don't. <laughs> so that's been another thing. Like the pants that I'm making, the cuffs are long so you can roll them up so you can wear okay. them longer. The waistband you can fold down so it can be a little more snug or you can pull it up over their belly for when they're little. Um, and when there are rompers with snaps, very minimal, very minimal amount yes. of closures just to make it easy. I mean, nobody wants to be wrestling with their kids to get them dressed. No, I always felt like I was sweating by the time it was all oh, yeah. said and done. I'm like, wait a second. I've already been to the gym today and now I've gotten a second, third, fourth, fifth workout. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then they're fussing and the frustration. And yes. Yeah, so I just, I love that you're a mom and you've, you know, you have kids and you've experienced what it's like to dress children and say so you're taking all of that into consideration um when creating these clothes and i also love that they're sustainable because i feel like that is something that's really missing from the market these days and for adult fashion and kid fashion um and when i do find it it's just so expensive where i'm like i don't have 300 dollars to spend on a pair of rice um, patty shoes, like right. the soles of shoes were made from, uh, I guess like rice stalks or something. I'm not sure, but, um, it was, they were just astronomically expensive, adorable, yeah, absolutely sure. adorable. But I was like, I, $300 on shoes. I just can't bring myself to do it. And so that's the dilemma. And so I just think it's really refreshing that you are taking a stand and making a commitment to do fashion that's more sustainable. And for kids at that, Yes. So, yeah. And that was my plan starting out. I also wanted to make sure I knew where the clothing was being made, who's making it. We have a factory in the Bronx. So um, it's only an hour and a half from my house. So I can travel there, see what's going on. Um, my pattern makers are in Ohio. It's just nice to be able to also say to everyone like, hey, Gwen was the pattern maker and she drafted these pants. Eric sewed them. Like there is a, a history that you can follow. So, you know, who's involved in making these garments. And to me, that just felt important if I was gonna put something else out into the world to be able to tell the whole story. You know, mm -hmm. it's something I talk to my kids about too. Like as a consumer, you have a power and you get to choose where you spend your money 
and who it goes to. And I think nice. knowing the story of your clothes just, you know, it just makes it like, okay, I want to support these people. I want to support this family. I want to support this factory. Um, yeah, so that was really important to me too, to know where everything is coming from. All the cotton is grown in Texas and then it's spun and knit in North Carolina. So even like down to the fabric, we're just know where it's coming from. Ah, I love that. I think it's important. I think it's also super incredible that you are sharing with your children that they actually have a choice as consumers, because I feel like oftentimes we forget that and we get stuck at the big box stores that are not ethical in their product uh, purchasing. Um, and it's really just about making a dollar and um, they don't really care about us as consumers. It's just how are they going to meet their bottom line and, and supporting American businesses and local people who are in this country, you know, who need to provide for their families and themselves. I just think that's so incredibly special. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that was a big part. Yeah, I wish that more people would take the time and consideration to think of those things too. Um, because I think that would be, it's such a, like if you're doing something so revolutionary, it's like such an innovative approach. And I just think that more people need to get on board with that perspective. I think so too. And I think it's just about, you know, getting more brands on board to make products in this way and educating people about it too. You know, it's just, people don't know. And it's super easy to run into Target, grab five pairs of leggings for $10. Um, you don't really have to think about it. But yeah. when you do take a step back, um, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of problems with it. And, you know, sustainable fashion and slow fashion is a little bit more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, but you get a higher quality product. Yeah. And that's the idea that it's something it's like an investment that you have that is going to last, um, you know, one, two, three, however many kids. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just a different way of shopping. Yes. And I think when you take that into consideration, I think on, in the long run, it's actually saves you money because yes. you're not going and buying the disposable clothes, um, that are just going to fall apart with in no time at all. These are items that are going to last through multiple children, maybe, you know, through multiple children in your own family, and then you get to share the love with another family. And so, um, so I think actually it actually will save money in the long run and stress too, because you're not going to have to be running to the store as often to scramble to find something. Exactly. And the clothes that I'm making are going to be, it's, very natural and neutral colors. So even if you have already, you know, a closet full of, you know, whatever patterns and other colors and prints, and you can just throw this stuff right in the mix. It's not something that needs to be worn all by itself. You can just put it in the mix of what you already have or what, you know, your friend that you're passing it along to already has. Um, and it's just easy. Yeah. I think that's really genius. So I have to know where, um, what made you transition from bridal wear to, to um, clothing for babies and toddlers? So I always 
in my head wanted to be making clothes for my kids and I just never had the time. So when I had my other business, I did everything. I was the designer, I was the pattern maker, I was the seamstress, I was the social media person, the business person. It was a lot and I would go to work. Um, my studio is in my home. So fortunately I just went upstairs. <laughs> But when everybody went to bed and sometimes I would work all through the night, I am not in college anymore. I can't, that is not sustainable. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I say that all the time. Just on Friday, I was out um, with my daughters at a friend's house and we were there for a few hours, but the plan was to leave their house at eight 30. And the next thing I knew it was nine 30 and we didn't get home until after 10. And I said to my girls, oh my gosh, I am so tired. Everyone brushed teeth and straight to bed. We're not having snacks. We're not reading books. We're not doing any of those things. We are literally brushing our teeth and going straight to bed. And I was, I said to my husband, I was like, I am too old to be staying up <laughs> past 9.30. Too much. So obviously I can't run a business like that and then function as a mom in the morning. Yeah. when Everybody wakes up when I want to be going to bed. So when I was pregnant with our fourth baby, a couple of weeks before he was born, I wrapped up all of the orders and I just, I shut down what I thought it was going to be temporary. Mm -hmm. um, when he was two weeks old, he ended up uh, with a fever and oh, no. babies under four weeks. I think it's like 101 or 102. It's not astronomically high, but they need to go to the hospital. Um, and get a full workup, which I didn't know what that meant until I was with my newborn baby in the hospital getting a full workup. Um, yeah. So we were there for four days and he was fine. That's a long time. It, it was a long time. Hospital. So we had to go through all of the things. And um, when I was there, I got an email from a bride who I had been in contact with prior. And I just thought she went in a different direction. No problem. It happens. So it was a panicked email. Like if I get you the deposit by the end of the tomorrow, can you still make all my bridesmaids? And her wedding was in about a month and there were eight of them. And I looked at my husband and I was like, I'm done. We're in yeah. the hospital with a newborn baby. And I cannot be, I can't even entertain this. You know, I, it's, I need to like reset. I need to reprioritize, figure out a way to work that's going to work for me. And this isn't it. Well, so. I have to say kudos to you for setting that boundary, because I think a lot of people would say, oh my gosh, I have to do this because eight bridesmaids plus a bride, that's nine garments. That's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. And if I'm going to be on maternity leave, I could really use this chunk of change. And so you know, I am just going to figure out a way to make it, to make it work. I just have to do this. So I commend you wholeheartedly for saying no to that and really prioritizing your baby's health and your own sanity. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was totally a sanity moment. I mean, I was two weeks postpartum. I was still dealing with all of that. What, what comes with that. And yeah. also wrapping my head around, you know, having my baby in the hospital and my three other kids at home. Um, and it was just something I, I couldn't even entertain it. And so that was it. And I thought I'll go back to it when the time is right. And the time was just never right. Um, and I had always in the back of my mind had this baby and kids brand. And so I started 
you know, coming up with the designs and sourcing the fabric. I mean, mind you, this is now four years ago. Um, <laughs> hey, that's okay. It's a journey. It's a process. It's such a process. But I got stuck because I always did everything myself and I didn't want to. I didn't want to be all of those people in my business. Um, so I, I just got stuck. And then um, fast forward, I had our fifth baby and she came along with the worst postpartum anxiety mm. I have ever experienced. Um, it was a lot and it took me a long time to kind of come out of that. And what helped was, um, you know, after starting therapy and trying to get control over everything seeming to be spinning out of control, what I needed to do was something for myself because when I stopped working four years ago, I, I lost a bit of myself, which I didn't realize at the time. Um, so starting this business was a way that I started climbing out of a very deep, dark spiral. Oh no, I think I lost you, Kim. <laughs> <laughs>